When I first started my business, I went to a talk that featured Tori Birch, founder of the fashion brand of the same name, as well as the Tori Birch Foundation. The event was honoring a group of women entrepreneurs who just graduated from a training program through the Tori Birch Foundation. During the talk, I asked a question that I can't remember what it was. However, the response Tori gave was one that I haven't forgotten in 12 years. She said her objective had always been to empower women. The business model she created at Tory Birch was designed to fund women's empowerment initiatives through the Tory Birch Foundation. She said that her objective had always been to empower women, and the business model she created at Tory Birch was designed to fund women's empowerment initiatives through the Tory Birch Foundation. Addressing systemic inequalities for women in business is core to Tory Burch's business. Yes, the brand is selling bags and shoes and clothes and more, but at the same time, they are making a positive impact in the lives of the women they train and provide funding for through the foundation. In my mind, this is responsible marketing, which is so closely connected to inclusive marketing. Responsible marketing is a term that I heard from the wonderful Lola Bakary, who is going to introduce you to this concept, why it's important, why you should be engaging in it, and so much more after this short break. Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insight from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. So my name is Lola Bakery. I am an advisor to CMOs. For those who aren't marketing nerds, that's chief marketing officers, and I'm an inclusive marketing strategist. I work on those two things through my company, Bico, which I um, went independent about seven, eight years ago now, if you, if you can believe it, after working in corporate marketing jobs for my career prior to then. And in all in, it's been, gosh, at this point, over 15 years and leaning towards 20. But you know, after being at PepsiCo, places like Dell, Diageo, different brands across sectors. Um, I decided to do my own thing and it's evolved into, in the last few years, what I've done is branded my offerings as Bco, which is all about helping marketers become their highest professional selves. And I do that in a number of ways, but the way that I'm most passionate about talking about right now is through the ethos of championing what I'm what I like to refer to as a responsible marketing movement. Um, And I have a book coming out along those lines later on in the year. So, yeah, that's me. You can find me spouting all my opinions on all of the things (laughs) on LinkedIn as well. I love I love seeing all your opinions on LinkedIn and just how you so effortlessly and truthfully and with so much curiosity talk about what needs to be talked about and call people in, ask them to join the conversation 
And yeah, so if anybody isn't following you on LinkedIn, I definitely want to make sure that they encourage them to do so because it's just a joy to watch and to be a part of your community online. Thank you so much. I would love that. <laughs> Everybody's welcome. And yeah, I mean, if you're the sort of person who wants to hear, you know, a rah rah to anything that you say, pro I'm probably not for you. But if you're the sort of person <laughs> who wants to hear real talk and, you know, be challenged, that's how I am. I want people to challenge me then I think you'll have a lot of fun following me. And, and I, I tend to attract the people who who feel that way, that th this is about discourse, not validation. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to dig in to um, the movement that you are working through, that you are championing, and which is all about responsible marketing. So what is responsible marketing? So in a nutshell, the way that I define it, and I, and I kind of... Um, found this term, it's been used academically somewhat um, in a very, you know, small scale. Um, but when I was trying to figure out the right way to talk about the thing I think should happen, which is kind of a combination of inclusive marketing, which we talk a lot about in terms of representation and social impact marketing, which is more about how can the work actually create a better society for individuals who are marginalized or a better society or environment or, you know, um, call it just existence for us in terms of solving societal problems, climate change being one of them, right? So it's about, it's about marginalized groups and, and historically excluded groups, but it's also about things that need to be solved at the systemic societal level. That's where we, we hear the term social impact marketing. I, I just kept thinking and studying and researching and writing and it came to me that there's this intersection of the two where when we really combine what it means to make a social impact with what it means to be inclusive, what is, how do you describe that? Well, it's really just about being responsible <laughs> yeah. because that responsibility is to society at large, but also it's to the bottom line and the top line, Right. Um, but it's, it's to our business results because when you are considering all the context as a marketer, you have better results all around. So responsible marketing in a nutshell, that's the kind of the, the setup, but the, the concrete textbook definition that will be in my book and that you'll see me sharing on LinkedIn is that it's about meaningfully and measurably creating a social impact that addresses systemic inequities while also simultaneously creating outsized business results. Got it. So I'll say that one more time just so everybody can process it because it's a mouthful. I even have, you know, even for me, who has been saying it for almost 18 months, two years now. It's still, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of concept, but think about it in terms of addressing systemic inequities. And the two words I used before that were meaningfully and measurably because that qualifies it. It can't just be any attempt to address it. It has to be meaningful, measurable. You right. might even add words like authentic and relevant to the brand's real identity and ethos, right? Right. In a way, and this is the other critical side, that achieves outsized business results. So some of the pushback that I think we're seeing from folks who aren't like you and me as maybe culturally or just individually invested in making the world a better place for people who've been historically excluded. Some of the pushback we hear is that, oh, well, this is a distraction from the important things that a business needs to do from the bottom line, from, you know, especially in an economy where we might be on the crux of a, of a recession, 
you know, this is not something that we need to focus on because it's not about the economic returns. Well, absolutely false. We choose to do this work in a way where we are doing the things that, yes, create meaningful and measurable social impact that addresses systemic inequities, you know, and then, you know, the parenses or cultural or environmental causes. Right. But also, the also is an, it's not an or, it's an and, creates outsized business results. So if we can find the marketing activities that do both of those things, that's responsibility, in my opinion. That's, yeah. that's how you ensure your time is spent responsibly as a marketer, your budget is spent responsibly, your impact is responsible, your impact is long-term and sustainable, and you as a person who can choose what to do with millions of dollars each year, or even more for some marketers, can probably sleep better at night. That's responsible marketing as I see it. Yeah, I I love it, and I'm total agreement with it. I was talking recently about how a lot of people, as we're thinking about inclusive marketing, where they fall short is they think that it's just about the marketing. Where, well, I was just saying, like, ultimately, it's like whenever they're doing it in that way, thinking it's just about the marketing and not about the communities, what they're really trying to do is just extract from communities that historically have been underrepresented, underserved, marginalized, and it it doesn't feel right, and it just feels exploitative, right? So I love the aspect of it that you have to think beyond just business results is absolutely essential because you're a brand, you're a business, and you need to be able to have that. But in terms of you know winning these communities that you're trying to reach over the long term in a way that will drive our business results, you have to do more than just get them to buy more of your stuff. You have to do more to support their communities, which is the responsibility you're talking about. Absolutely, because think about it. And this is where I I kind of, I try to break down some of the blind spots on, call it both sides of the aisle of these issues. But what many of us on the progressive side do feel, and I understand this, is that, well, if there's any goal of financial gain, then it's not authentic, then it can't be genuine, and then it's not really about the community. And that's a possibility. It can't only be about, like you said, that like exploitative financial gain piece, but that in of itself also doesn't work best for business. So what I'm trying to champion is the reality that so many companies over the years, this is not a new thing, have shown us when you add real value, that isn't just a shot in the dark or a one-time exploitation or, or you know, using a community just to be, make them your customers. If you're not adding value, it's not sustainable. Yeah. You're not going to get, you might get trial. You, you won't get repeat. You might get repeat. You won't get loyalty. Right. And loyalty is what pays the bills over the long term. Absolutely. What pays your shareholders over the long term, right? So, those things that we think are morally corrupt to do are also not effective for long-term business sustainability. So the argument doesn't even necessarily have to be a moral one. If people were allowing themselves to see beyond their maybe unconscious bias, as we like to call it, or let's call it the reality, unconscious hatred, right? Yeah. They would understand that it's just logical to actually serve your audiences. And we yeah. know that, and we do that in so many other ways. But when it comes to areas where we're talking about championing marginalized groups, by the way, whose marginalization actually aids the faulty system of capitalism that we're in, 
where certain people have a leg up that isn't about what's being controlled by the invisible hand. Like we don't live in a free market. We live in a market where, you know, the ruling class has a lot of influence on what happens. That's yeah. not a free market. Yeah. So so I'm trying to move us toward more of a free market where logical decisions about supply and demand and cause and effect and service and value are an impact, you know, and demand are actually happening. Yeah. Do you have any examples of what responsible marketing might look like in practice? Absolutely. Tons, tons. So when I give my responsible marketing workshop, and of course, in, in the chapters of the book that we'll well, I'll dive into a little bit in framing this up. There are so many examples that are really driving effectiveness for the brands who understand it at this moment in time. And before I mention those specifics, I'll set it up with the four things I've kind of summarized, and I'm sure there are more, but if you look at the ways responsible marketing comes to life, you want to break it down simply, I think it's these four things. So you're either solving real problems, for that historically excluded community or that cultural cause or environmental cause, you're actually, what you're doing solves a real problem. What you're doing creates real opportunity for or about, you know, those two or three groups I mentioned as well. What you're doing advances or, you know, champions real policies that affect these groups. And then the, the last one is what you're doing actually tells the real stories that help sort of reframe and address stereotypes and create more of a sense of authentic belonging in the world for historically marginalized groups. Or like, if you want to talk about sustainability, telling real stories that actually help people understand the role they need to play in creating a world where we can breathe air in the next hundred years or so. So if you're doing one of those four things, you're on the pathway to responsible marketing. And a couple examples I love to nod to that tend to, you know, create aha moments in the um, rooms that I'm speaking with. The first one is, is uh, MasterCard True Name that I'll mention. So I'm sure a lot of people listening are familiar, and you are too, Sonia, but I'll recap it for everybody else. MasterCard True Name, what they did is they actually made it less prohib, not, not even less prohibited. They lowered the barrier to entry, or you could even say eliminated the barrier to entry of what it takes to change your credit card to reflect your actual name as somebody who's going through or has gone through um, a transition. Okay. So that you're not waiting years or months or dealing with all this red tape to where you get to the point of sale and you're presenting as the gender that you authentically are, but your name might still reflect where you were prior to your transition. Not only does that create a lack of sense of validation of one's humanity as they are, but that can create violence. Yeah. At the point of sale. Yeah. That can actually make people unsafe. Yeah. And so that's a real problem that MasterCard solved with their product. And then they took that as their talking point at the top of the funnel and made a lot of really compelling and real creative that actually also serve the purpose of telling a real story that people aren't aware of that advocates for the transgender community in a way that's really concrete and substantive. It's the exact opposite of all the Bud Light shenanigans that we're seeing. I think yeah. the, the new way I want to start referring to that too is, uh, what was the word I used? Uh, spineless gate, right? <laughs> so like, don't get into that kind of nonsense when you're actually solving a real problem. Absolutely. And that's what MasterCard did. Another one that might resonate 
um, that, well, that does resonate with us as black women, right? More even just like at the heart and specifically, I, I would, I would mention the 15% pledge, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you're aware of. And that's a commitment that brands and retailers are making to make 15% of their shelf space in a particular category, you know, reflective of Black-owned businesses. So it's happening a lot in the hair and beauty space. Sephora's Black-owned beauty for everyone campaign is a really, not even campaign, program initiative is a really good example of that. And you see, when we look at create real opportunity, oh, wow, not only are we saying something that's going to attract maybe a new segment, but we're actually making a bigger point that Black-owned beauty brands, of which now we've committed to having 15% on our shelf, are not just for Black women, they're for everyone. And that is actually building the businesses of those brands, adding real value, meaningful and measurable social impact. So like that's another amazing example, again, that works at the top of the funnel. Alta Beauty is also doing it, and the Alta CEO has written ex- you know, extensively, I've seen a number of quotes and even a LinkedIn post from him about how that's been the key driver of their business in recent years. So again, the, the furthest thing from a distraction or sort of a woke agenda, as people like to think of it. Um, right. And then the last one that'll resonate with a lot of folks as well is the Crown Act. That's another example I'll give, and that's a great one. Sorry, what Dove is doing with the Crown Act and also what LinkedIn is doing with the Crown Act. That's a great example of what you can do to you know, really champion and support and advocate for real policies that change what life is like for people from historically excluded backgrounds. So those are just a few examples of which there are many that show that this isn't just an idea, this isn't just theoretical, this is actually happening. And the brand leaders that understand it and are taking advantage of it are winning, not only for their own careers, uh, but for their shareholders and for society at large. Yeah. I love those examples and they're very practical. And I think they just give some ideas, of course, for ways in which people can be responsible, which is taking care of the people that they've chosen to serve right. while at the same time growing their business. So love it. Love it. Um, is it's all about? It is. <laughs> it is. And it doesn't have to have, you know, I think it's a lot of people you, you refer to it like it doesn't have to feel like it's a political agenda at all. It's really just taking care of people. Okay. After this short break, we're going to lean into Lola's principle of societal debts that made me lean all the way in when I learned about it. You're going to want to stick around for this. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Or could it be Don? Or John? Or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs. In a full 360 view of every customer, so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. So yeah, I in your framework, as I was kind of digging through 
and I'm so excited to read your book whenever it comes out. But I think you did you did a primer on LinkedIn and you talked about the importance of brands addressing their societal debts. And I just leaned in. I was like, wow, what a phrase. I, I'm impressed. I've never heard anybody else reflect back that term to me thus far. So thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. I was so intrigued. And so I've been really excited to chat with you about it. What does a societal debt mean and why is it important for brands to address it? Sure. And I'm so glad like this is I know we're in sync because the one example I was going to mention, but I didn't is the best one to help people really quickly understand this concept. So when I talk about societal debts and the and the way I talk about them is in is sort of looking back at your brand's real history. In so many brand growth exercises, that's what we're doing, whether it's, you know, creating messaging or articulating brand identity. One of the things we always do is we look back. And in this case, we're looking back through the lens of, well, how have we, as either an industry or a brand, directly contributed to societal harm? And that doesn't mean that we intended to contribute to societal harm, but it means that there was an impact of societal harm from something that we were involved in. Yeah. So like if you're ExxonMobil, obviously it's like <laughs> the environment, all of the things, right? Right. That's a very extreme sustainability example. But if you start to really look at other, maybe even less obvious, but 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 also really obvious when you when you think about it this way, examples, look at the banking industry. Well, what's the societal debt? The banking industry across brands has always made it very difficult for Black people to have equitable access to banking products that, that can create, you know, a legacy of um, generational wealth, whether it's mortgage rates are higher, whether it's access to loans for starting a business, personal loans or whatever it is, are less accessible. And if they are accessible, again, the interest the interest rates are way higher. All the things you can think about that we struggle with in the black community, as far as the bank, the the uh, banking industry giving us the same support and resources as everyone else. That's that. That is a societal debt. Yeah. And so, as a brand leader, being aware of that. Well, what can I do to right that wrong? How can that be the thing that I focus on when I'm looking for my impact insight, as we'll talk about in the book? Yeah. And if you can find that authentic societal debt to address, it's, it makes it almost impossible that what you do will be performative because, yes, maybe you might not have your internal team all squared away as far as representing the population and your diversity numbers. And maybe you still have a lot of people who feel like the brand or the company itself has a lot of work to do um, to get to a place where DEI, as we talk about it on the HR side of things, is, is fully realized. But even while all of that is being worked on, which is super important, can you, with your very separate marketing dollars that are already going to be spent, do something to address that systemic inequity? And you can. And City did it with their Action for Racial Equity initiative that is equal parts campaign, is equal parts, you know, corporate social responsibility activities but they're talking about it at the top of the funnel. They're not just doing it in the background. And that's a huge, hugely impactful example of what I think other marketers can take advantage of just by looking back and seeing where have we been involved and what can we do about that? Yeah. 
And I think sometimes, you know, like there are easy examples, are there either easy examples of brands that have some societal debts in terms of, let's say brands that have, um, who have like unhealthy food that have sort of preyed on minority communities and have contributed to obesity and other sort of health challenges. But, you know, I can hear some brands saying, oh, like I haven't contributed in such a heavy way. But I think a lot of times societal debts can be, a lot of times it can be about just perpetuating narratives that are harmful. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think that, um, you know, even it can be in some of the visual imagery that's put forth. What is a narrative that we're telling about Black women, about love, about, you know, the Asian community, whatever community, like you can pick and choose, like what is a narrative that's being placed that we are upholding with the visual imagery that we're putting forth? Well, and I love that you brought that up because it reminded me of another example I love, which Bumble in the UK, I don't remember what it was called, but they did a really interesting campaign about black women and love and featuring mm-hmm. black couples and featuring mm-hmm. black love and not just women, black people, right? And relationships across the gender spectrum and showing that it, it, it that, that is something that should be celebrated and, and represents us just as much as basketball and sneakers, you know? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. some people are going to like that, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's the <laughs> truth. So, and it's like... I don't know why all the black people have to always be playing basketball. You know what I mean? A few black people play basketball, but that's not who we are as as a whole. We represent yeah. everything across the spectrum of activities and and lifestyles. And yes, we fall in love and we deserve to be represented in that. We don't always want to be hearing the stats about how the marriage rates are lower for black women and all of those things. Like, no, let's celebrate all the beauty that there is. And so okay. that brand did that. And I actually hadn't thought about it as addressing a societal debt, but I think you're right. It's a really, it's a, this is why I was excited to talk to you. It's a great evolution <laughs> of the For sure. Okay. So if a brand wants to get started, what, I, I imagine there's going to be people listening to this who are going to be nodding their head. Yes. Responsible marketing all in, but they might not be in the leadership position within their company mm. to be able to move every full steam ahead with this. Do you have any advice for people on how they can sort of enroll their leadership to like take this stance and take this as a path forward? Sure. I mean, I think it always starts with building a sense of shared sort of value with your stakeholders mm-hmm. as far as how the thing you're championing is the potentially the best way to achieve goals that you know they're passionate about. So for example, if you're a marketing manager and you're reporting to your senior manager and director who are trying to figure out how to create the same um, business impact with a lower budget than we had last year because the economy, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's a great moment to go in and say, well, did you see how X and this other category has used these principles of social impact and inclusive marketing, responsible marketing, mm-hmm. in order to, you know, create this sort of outsized paid or earned media effect, unpaid media effect, um, that allowed them to avoid having to spend as much ad dollars as they had prior in order to have the same business impact. Like you might talk about something like the 15% pledge and its effect mm-hmm. on beauty retailers if you're maybe in grocery. 
And is that something we could do? Could we start talking about our approach to really building our um, shelf? And it's some, maybe even these are things that we're already doing, but yeah. we're not talking about them. So you just start to frame it in terms of achieving the goals that you know your stakeholders really care about. And that makes it a lot easier to start and progress the conversation. Okay. And then as you go along, you know, it is, it's finding the right resources, whether it's people like me or full service agencies, like, oh my gosh, and I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm going to blank on name right now. Oh, like Worthy, right? Um, a great full service inclusive marketing agency who can partner with brands to help them figure out how they're going to approach doing this work, right? So that that person also shouldn't feel like they're alone. Hopefully they, they feel like they have at least some ability to tap into resources they can introduce the people within their organization who need to get bought in to who can help them sell it. Yeah. So that's another way that I think is really important. Um, and so, yeah, getting buy-in, there are a couple of different of, uh, skills that work across different efforts. And this is no different than any other you know, effort to get buy-in from your seniors that you would take. It's the same amount of rigor that needs to take place. And it's the same amount of proving the value potentially of what you're trying to do. But it's it's making sure that you don't let the potential of this work being seen as some sort of, you know, cultural imperative or distraction from the business that's personal to you it's, it's making sure from the jump that people understand that's not what it's about. It's about making them more successful because when, what, what is that phrase? When one boat rises, when the tide rises, all the boats rise, something yeah. like that. Rising tide lifts all boats or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. Um, as we wrap it up, I want to just kind of switch gears quickly and find out, do you have an example of a time where a brand made you or demonstrated that you belonged with them? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's funny. I wrote about this um, in one of my first editorials for Adweek, the voices section, end of 2021. Um, and I think the piece was called the top inclusive marketing moments of 2021 or something like that. But I start out by telling the story of Dove, Dove's Real Beauty campaign. Mm-hmm. And I remember in my early 20s, so I won't say almost 20 years ago, but that would be a factual if I were to say it. Um, I remember seeing the real, the first Real Beauty campaign where they had women of different sizes actually on television showing the fullness of their bodies. And it wasn't a weight loss commercial. Yeah. And it wasn't like some sort of a making fun of them. And yeah. it was about celebrating them. I've never seen anything like that in my life. That instantly made me feel a greater sense of belonging in the world. That had a powerful effect on the extent of my presence and self-confidence. Yeah. I mean, there's something really powerful about seeing yourself reflected positively in media when you never have before. Yeah. Talk about responsible marketing is that the impact that brands have on the way that people feel about themselves. It might not always be a direct thing, but it, it's definitely there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and if you go into my, you know, bathroom pantry, if that's a thing, I kind of have one of those videos. You're going to see Dove all over the place because they yeah. want part of that moment. Yeah. And when it comes to especially commoditized categories, that's all you have. Yeah. Is the opportunity to win people's hearts and minds. Absolutely. And, and they nailed it with that. 
Absolutely. I still remember that campaign. Yeah. Where can people find you? Because I just know that people were going to want to like, they were going to want more Lola, right? So where can they find you if they want to learn more about you? When they can they get your book and access your book? All that good stuff. Planning on the book is CBD. So okay. I will be the first to share that. Um, I'm, I'm giving it the time it's taking yeah. to develop into what it needs to be, but it will be 2023. So if you want to make sure that you hear that first, follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm spending pretty much all of my time on social media. That's where I'm sharing my opinions on the news of the day. That's where I'm sharing the latest on where I'm speaking, all of the things. And I try to make it a fun environment for my audience. So that's 100% where I'd recommend people follow me. And I mean, this is going to sound really terrible, but the other way that makes it really easy to look at what I've written and where I've been quoted is to just put Lola Bakery into Google News and then you, you can easily see you know, all the more longer form shares that I've, that I've uh, contributed to places like Harvard Business Review and Ad Age, Ad Week, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that's what I would recommend. And I, I'm, I'm always somebody who's open to getting a DM and answering a quick question or saying hello. I obviously can't meet with everybody who DMs me. So like, mm-hmm. I'm not promising that people, right, but right. <laughs> I love saying hello. So feel free to, to jump in my LinkedIn DMs as well. Sounds good. Well, I'll put, definitely drop a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes so people can access it easily so they can follow along and be on alert when the book comes out. <laughs> well, that's how um, I you. That, people need to know that's how, that's, that's how powerful LinkedIn can be. I think I've, I think I yeah. started following you. Yeah, that's how we connected. Okay. Because I'm like, who is doing this? I might have actually typed in inclusive marketing into LinkedIn one day. And then months later, my publicist said, like, oh, like I'm going to connect you with Sonia Thompson. I'm like, I already know. Yeah, connected. Yes. LinkedIn, LinkedIn brings us together. So I think it's great. Yeah. And I'm really inspired by the work you're doing and, you. and the way that you're championing this movement. And, you know, it's just an honor to be on the show. So thank you so much. Oh, for thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Um, any parting words of wisdom for marketers and business leaders who want to engage in responsible marketing? Yes. Understand that this is an expression of your power. So they say with great power comes great responsibility. This is an honor that you are in a position in your life where you can actually make choices with the money that you're gonna spend to return money to your business that can have an impact like the one that Dove's Real Beauty campaign had on me while making money for the business. Yeah. Two things at once and that is, it's an honor it is not a burden. And because of that, it is a responsibility. I would call it a moral responsibility. But if that makes you feel queasy, just think of it as an opportunity yeah. to do more for the world than just for the people who pay you without losing anything, without sacrificing anything. And in many cases, actually achieving that first bit with more impact. Sure. So why wouldn't you? You know, this is something that just makes sense for us all to embrace. So that's that's what I leave people with. Think of this as an opportunity and not a burden and get excited about finding the right way to make it feel real for your business. Love it. Thanks so much, Lola. This has been such a delight and I'm excited to just keep following along and getting to know you better and reading your book. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
That's it for today's episode. I'm super curious to know your thoughts on how to incorporate responsible marketing in your business. Let's chat about it in social or in the DMs. If you like the show, I'd also love it if you share it with a friend, colleague, and others in your network. It would also be fantastic if you left a rating and review for it in your podcast player of choice. Also, if you haven't already, get signed up to receive the Inclusion and Marketing newsletter. Each week, I send stories, news, tips, and other insights to help you grow by showing more people they belong with you. Go to inclusionandmarketing.com slash newsletter to get signed up. I'll also drop a link to it in the show notes so you can access it easily. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.